Hey guys, it's Taze Green Life. Um, we're here with Diseased Earth with Travis Simmons. Hi, Travis Simmons. What's up? Hey, how's it going? Um, so you consider yourself master of spoken rituals. Um, what does that mean? It's just basically a fancy way of saying I'm the vocalist that I, you know, make noises and stuff like that. You know, I've always kind of akin myself to a manic street preacher up on the pulpit. And so that's just an interesting way of saying it. Instead, I know a lot of bands used to put vogue hills in there and I was like, oh, that drives me crazy. So I was like, <laughs> so, something a little different, you know? Um, so um, there was a saying on your profile. I think it was your profile. Yeah, it was. Your, um, that is not dead, which can eternal lie and with strange ions, even death may, may die. Um, does that saying mean to you uh it's a quote from hp lovecraft who is one of my favorite authors and it's just saying that like there are things out there that are older and stranger than what we know and that you know they will still exist once we are no longer a blight upon the universe okay so um how long have you considered yourself the master of spoken rituals I mean, I don't really consider myself anything. I just, I've been doing vocal since, oh God, I was like 16. So I'm just turned 40. So I've been playing in and out of bands for a long time. So I just, you know, get up there, do my thing. I don't have a rhyme or reason. I just make noises that sound inhuman. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I was listening and I was like, oh my God, is that a dying animal? <laughs> i'm just kidding no for real like uh the screams are are pretty deep and uh i i actually kind of enjoy it like it it like um i listen to louder music because it distracts me from like the thoughts that are in my head so i tend to listen to music that um i wouldn't be able to understand because i mean i can't even sing like that um i probably would like die I try and <laughs> so it's really cool that um instead of saying you're like a vocalist you're just like oh I'm a master of spoken rituals and, and, and it's cool like the meaning behind that's very cool and realistic and um not realistic um ritualistic um and is that something that you tend to believe in oh <laughs> uh, yeah absolutely <laughs> I mean I definitely think that music is still something that from our primal roots that we still do to this day and that it's just something you know it's fun to do so we we go and we do it and everything like that I mean it's also like I don't take myself too seriously like I'm not I don't play music to get famous I don't want to be known I don't do that I tattoo for a career that's where I make my money music yeah. is what I do because I love it and it's the only form of therapy that has ever been successful for me that is very uh, very appreciated um because mental health is very important um and it's it's great when you do something like um you use your hobby to do something that makes you happy like um I have a full-time job I'm not like this all the time um and I honestly hate talking to people when I'm like not like it's because like I have a social like uh, anxiety and like being social like makes me freak out because I'm like oh god what if I say something and it's embarrassing and it's great that you take something you love and you bring it out and you're you know you're this different person compared to who you are when you you know tattoo um how long have you been a tattoo artist I've been tattooing for over uh 10 years now so something I started you know just kept doing it and I actually gave up music because 
So, uh, my oldest van was around for like eight to nine years, I believe. And then I took a break for like a couple of years and focused on tattooing before disease earth kind of got together and stuff like that. But it's definitely, it is a weird thing because like people see me on stage and I can be charismatic and stuff like that. And then as soon as I get to the merch booth and stuff, I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to look at you. I just, <laughs> I just, it's just, I hate it, but it's the same with tattooing. Like, you know, it's hard being social because you know, I'll, you got to build up these social connections with people and do all this stuff and then immediately dump it and like form it with the next person, you know, especially, you know, the way I tattoo, I can get anywhere between, you know, pre-COVID, we were doing seven to 14 tattoos a day. Now, on average, about five, maybe depends on the day, how busy it is. Mm -hmm. But each person I have to form this connection, talk to them, get them through the process, then dump it and immediately start again. So a lot of times when I come home, I'm, I'm dead. I, I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm socially drained. Thankfully, it's just me and my puppy. So and she doesn't ever want anything but treats and hugs. So I'm good on that. <laughs> hug your puppy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, yeah. I have three cats, so, um, and one of them's been driving me insane lately, and I'm like, I kind of want to get rid of her, but I'm like, oh, I can't do that. That's my animal. I took her in. I didn't have to take her in, but I took her in, so I can't just be like, she's too difficult, because she, um, she's not fixed right now, so she, like, attacks everything, oh, and I, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's because she's a female, and mm -hmm. they're just mean, because I'm, she's a cat, so she's, like, she's a very young cat. So she's still kind of a kitten. So she thinks like yeah. smacking me is okay. And I'm like, okay, no, that's not okay. You're not allowed to smack me. <laughs> no, I, I completely understand. We have a neighborhood cat. I don't know whose cat it is. We just call it bush cat. She literally lives <laughs> in my bush and she'll jump out at you and then kind of just run away. Um, Let's talk more. Um, You are located in, uh, where'd you say you're located in Northern Virginia? Well, uh, we're, no, it's more like, I guess you could almost consider it Southwest Virginia. Like we're, we're near Harrisonburg, Charlottesville, kind of between that. We're in Stanton. So kind of like right on 81 and 64 where mm -hmm. they meet. So not quite Northern Virginia and not quite West Virginia and not quite down South as far as like Roanoke. We're kind of like in this, we're right in the Shenandoah Valley. And do you think the music is different there compared to how Richmond is or Southern Virginia? I mean, Virginia's got a pretty diverse scene regardless. I mean, you know, I've been in it for so long now. There's so many different bands. You know, you have all the bands in Richmond, which go from sludge to grind to death metal to mm -hmm. pop and everything. And then Virginia Beach is its own little thing. Like, I mean, it's just literally like everywhere has something. You know, our area, unfortunately, was plagued with uh, not having many bands lately. But it seems that's kind of cool because it's starting to kind of come back. And typically, you know, it seems like it's the younger people come in, they start bands and kind of take over. But we've actually got a lot of older heads that are coming out, like dudes that are like in their 50s that are now starting bands and doing stuff. And that's pretty awesome to see. I think it was mostly because like, so I didn't get, I didn't quarantine. Well, I mean, I did quarantine when I was sick, of course, but I did not have to stay indoors because of my job. Right. So my job didn't close. My job didn't do anything for me. They, they still made me work. Like I didn't get to stay home and explore, you know, my emotional habits, my mental health went like down, like, yeah, people are alone, but they have stuff to kind of like bring them out of it. I worked the entire, I did overnights. So like it was draining. And I think having like something to do when you're locked in really uh, helped bring out people out of their shell. 
and brought them to like love their hobbies more and to be like serious with them because that's all they had you know um I still had to deal with people like and it's a little bit different when you're like locked in and then you're not locked in because then people that do binge it out or very like they're not good people um so like there was a lot of crying and like I hated working overnights because I was always scared all the time and um I didn't get to explore those hobbies that people got to do at home and like it's it's kind of envious that people had all this time to like take care of their hobbies and grow and sit at home and just sell you know an idea like they got mm-hmm. time to think about an idea they didn't have to like you know but they're then if you think about it the people that weren't working they were also like under stress as well because oh, yeah, yeah the, a lot of their jobs didn't like take care of them some yeah. people just got like they just had to be on like government assistant and food stamps and like it made me like bitter a little bit because I'm like pe- the people that are working they don't we're not allowed to get like food stamps and like stuff like that because the government's like oh well, your job will take care of you so then there's like I don't know where I'm going with this I'm probably ranting <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry I meant there was a reason why I was saying what I was saying um let's go back um people being in their house and they're able to learn like things they're able to take their hobby seriously because that's all they have you know like they had the ability and time to set aside to like do stuff like that and I think that was very good to some people some of it wasn't good because some people's mental health you know dropped a little bit but Mm -hmm. there were others that took this time apart from society to build things that they love and I think that's very empowering too like it taught us like we don't care anymore we just want to be happy and I think that's that's what you're trying to do as well with the scene like you're trying to show that you're you're happy and you're doing what you love and it, it makes other people want to and a lot of people are also doing the same thing too and it's amazing you know I I grew up in a society that was told that you're not allowed to be who you wanted to be and now more people are doing things they want to do um yeah <laughs> no you're absolutely right you know but I mean, it's also like, even though the ones of us that were stuck in, like there's uncertainty with it, like we were shut down for three months by order of the governor. And if we were tried to tattoo, oh, well, yeah, we, definitely. We, you know, we'd lose our license and stuff. And uh, my job is a job that I have to be in clocks, pro- uh, close proximity with people. And yes. like people do not care. I'm telling I've seen so many people that have come in that'll leave and then call the shop be like, oh, yeah, my husband's got COVID, by the way. Then why were you in here? Like it's it's insane on every aspect the people yeah. that did that were considered essential and didn't get a chance to do anything you know they got the unfortunately had to experience a little bit of hell because i don't know what happened to the society we went to from being like you know somewhat decent to being the yes. people being just completely going animalistic and destroying each other you know um somebody fought me like they didn't like fight me but they they would have if i there's like protocols that I have to put because I work for a pharmacy. So things are a little bit different than like normal retail jobs. So like I have to be around sick people. So my work will not pay me if I'm sick unless I get vaccinated. So like if I, let's say I got the flu and I didn't get vaccinated, my work won't pay me for sick leave now. Hmm. Um, and that was something that they were forcing on all of us too when vaccinations were going around too. They were like threatening my job. And like, I felt like I had to, you know, get injected and it sucks because like, I, I like where I work, but I don't want to like do things that like, I don't agree with just right. to get a paycheck. And mm-hmm. like, um, people treated me like dog crap. 
Like they treated me so bad and they were so mean. And I was just like, I'm literally doing the same thing you're doing, lady. Like you, you think I don't want toilet paper. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm selling your toilet paper and you don't think I want it. Like, yeah. um, I was lucky enough to where I lived. They, uh, the job gave me like benefit. They, I mean, not benefits, but they like, they were like, we're giving you some toilet paper just for staff and like waters and stuff like that. But that's, that's all they gave us. They even like took away hurricane pay because we were hit by a hurricane during COVID too. Damn. Uh, <laughs> so that was great. Um, and it, it does make me happy and experience a different side of society now. People also, uh, they don't care too. No. I've noticed. They just don't care anymore. They don't want to be nice to people. Like they just don't care. And I think that's also a big problem. Because um, a lot of people are like trying to build a community and like voice out and be like these groups of people. And then you have people that just don't care. They're just like, whatever, I don't care. I don't want to be your friend. And that's also very sad too. It really is. Yeah. Like, a community is way better for society than people just caring for themselves. And that's what COVID did. It taught people to only care about themselves. Because that's basically what the government said. Like, sorry you got to get your own food and everything and you can't leave your house. Yeah. It's, it's rather unfortunate, you know, and we revert to that animal state and everything yeah. instead of getting together and people can't realize like we're all under stress. We're all in this together. And yeah, the government's kind of showed us they're not our friends. So <laughs> we should have been nicer to each other to be like, Hey, you, you need some toilet paper. Well, I got plenty, but I need this and you have this. So, you know, we didn't go back to the barter system and kind of just became dog eat dog and everybody being out there being like, well, you know, well, forget this. I'm entitled to this. I'm over. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> um, it sucked one, like it did, it was nice getting that money because it helped me like put it, it maybe put a little bit aside, but I still was paying bills because I lived with a partner that wasn't able to uh, cover his costs at the time. Mm -hmm. So I had to like use some of that money and like, it did teach it did teach me to budget a little bit better because <laughs> I was like I kind of want to save money now because like this is a perfect time I can't go anywhere right um, and businesses were more laid back about bills and stuff so I was able to like build up my credit and stuff like that we're still gonna be talking about music <laughs> um, but business matters too you you also run a business too um because you are a tattoo artist so you it basically you run your own business yeah basically yeah. i'm self-employed i work for myself you know yes. i'm the i'm the employee if i get sick then i don't make money you know yes. so and that was kind of the big thing with covid and stuff and everything it's just you know it's rather unfortunate you know so but it is life and we survived this far so <laughs> um so what was one of your best places that you played in virginia um well i mean another round in richmond's always been fun i've always enjoyed every show we've played there it's always been a great atmosphere um one of my favorite shows of all time though was um what was that place called it was phil's grill in virginia beach it was like right on the beachfront and this was my old band but uh there was a room about like 40 people that were just there beating the shit out of each other to our music and it was pretty awesome one guy <laughs> said he he actually like negotiated to have his leave from the navy when we were playing and stuff and like that was pretty awesome but <laughs> i mean i don't know man virginia's just it's i've always you know been here all my life and always had good shows and everything like that you know i've toured this country i've played like multiple multiple states but virginia is always home and 
you know, Richmond's always been kind to us. Um, you know, Charlottesville used to be our second home, but we've unfortunately lost most of the venues there. You know, we're about to play in Harrisonburg, which is our closest, biggest city. You know, we're about to play at the Golden Pony, which has been incredible to us over the years. You know, they've given us the opportunity to open for bands like Crowbar and I Hate God and stuff like that. So pretty stoked that that place is still kicking and going and made it through the pandemic and stuff. But I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, I love when people get are into our music, but I play music solely for the fact that it's what keeps me from blowing my brains out. And so it's awesome when people are into it, but at the end of the day, I just get up there and I play the same if there's two people or 200, doesn't matter. That's great. That's great. I read a post the other day when it was like, um, I'm not lazy. I just didn't want to kill myself. So I used all my, <laughs> you know, and um, like, that's what I was like telling, like some, I, I shared it. And then I was saying that to people. I was like, it, it, I know it like seems like I'm lazy, but it's just like, I've used so much of my energy to, you know, take uh -huh. care of myself that now I don't have any more energy to clean up or like um, throw away something. Like I will get to it when I have the energy and like people don't realize like hobbies are a form of to get, you know, away from your demons and a way to like get away from the negativity in your life. You know, it's, you become a different person, especially yeah. like, I also do pop-ups. So I, I'll I'll set up like a table with like a big canopy and a poster and I'll sell like candles and stuff and um and um people will come up to me and they'll ask me what's your ingredients what is this what is this or they'll there'll be people that will be like this is the coolest stuff I've ever seen I can't believe you make them and it's because I'm also like into witchcraft so uh -huh. I do a lot of like the herbal medicines and stuff and there'll be people yelling at me all the time they're like you are like into satan and you're crazy and i'm like I do none of that <laughs> i was like i don't talk to satan i was like i talk to like the earth basically and ask the right. earth to take care of me and like some of the the meetings behind your uh your music i i hope i said this earlier i probably already said it i'm jumping back to it um that is not dead which can eternal lie and with strange aeons or ions eons ions it's eons it's <laughs> eons even death may die um we probably already talked about this but what is the, the meaning behind it um yeah we definitely talked about it before but it's just it's a quote from lovecraft he's my favorite author and it's just a cool yeah. quote because like people think so much of like you know what they know and everything like that and everybody's so quick to point to well this religion's right this religion's right well what if yes. none of it's right what if there's things that predate dirt like you say you're into talking to the earth like i mean that's the oldest form of thing we know you know look you look at like native americans and stuff they were always in tune with the earth and everything like that and we as a society have kind of gotten away from that and yeah you know and there's nothing wrong with the religion as long as you're not using it to attack people if it makes yeah. you feel better and be a better person that's awesome but there's a lot of people that weaponize it and use it for power and control and i'm not about that life no and like your music, um, other people will be like so judgmental, be like, oh my God, like, how can you listen to that? That just sounds so horrible. And I'm like, that's <laughs> the soothingest music I've ever heard. Oh like, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's so many studies coming out now that show that like heavy metal calms people down and stuff. But you know, you get people like my mom who are like, I can't stand that screaming. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Well, you know, I can't stand, you know, listening to Florida Georgia line. It makes me want to blow my, <laughs> that makes me want to blow my brains out. So like, literally, you know, there's a, there's a trade-off here, you know, 
but I think you know I get and I understand for most people they just hear the screaming and stuff and so I kind of have gotten used to it I, I hear it a lot at work because my uh, other tattooers will bring up well Travis is in a band and they're like oh play me something and then I'm just like oh, I don't really want to be singled out right now I just want to do my <laughs> job but then I play it for them and they're all like well that's kind of cool I guess and I'm just like yeah like this is why I don't really talk about it because I don't want to have these conversations. I've had these conversations for 20 plus years about this stuff. So, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, it's what makes me happy. So yes, it's all that matters. It's all that matters. Um, I swear you mentioned the term sludge. What exactly is, what is a sludge band? So sludge is definitely a form of genre. It's kind of based off of doom metal where doom metal is more like just slow and prodding. Sludge will be still kind of like, kind of have a little bit of groove to it you know it's definitely a lot of it comes from like a lot of the bands in like louisiana and stuff like that and like you know definitely like you when i think of sludge i think of bands like i hate god crowbar and stuff like that like yeah they are slow and heavy but they also still kind of have a groove to it and we definitely try to encompass that we kind of call it death sludge because we also have a little bit of death metal influence and especially with the vocals and stuff like this and you know, it's kind of, we just take, we take what we like and we put it together and it's what works. That's cool. That's cool. Um, you came out with a, uh, I saw it on here, uh, a new EP or it might have not been new. I, my dates are all messed up and I apologize. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you came out with an EP, The Swamp Witch. Um, what is that? Uh, the Swamp Witch was actually just a single so during a pandemic we kind of been releasing singles pretty steadily we've released seven so far mm -hmm. and we just kind of feel like it definitely is kind of cool because it plays to everybody's more like lower attention spans nowadays because we'll do a single give it about a month month and a half then put out a new one and stuff um we recently did just take all seven singles that we released and put them together and put it out on an album called welcome to play years which a lot of people are saying it's a full length. It's, it's technically a full length, but it's really just a compilation CD of, excuse me, of all those songs put together just to have, so they have them in one spot to listen to them. Um, are you on any other platform? You're also um, besides Spotify or anything like that? Just uh, yeah, we, we use, uh, like a lot of musicians nowadays, we use DistroKid. So DistroKid <laughs> puts us on everything. So we're on Apple Music spotify deezer title like i mean pretty much anything and everything because so you know we're on everything we have a youtube channel i upload videos and stuff when i get a chance and everything but it's more just like live footage stuff like that you know we have an instagram we have twitter uh the only thing we don't have is tiktok because i don't like tiktok and i refuse to use it i hate it so much i like i post maybe like two or three times out of the month maybe and I'm just like I hate it I don't want to create little TikTok dancing videos no I don't want to do that I don't want to be part of the uh the algorithm and now like when you when you look at my profile it says rising creator and I'm like oh great <laughs> now like more people are gonna see <laughs> right so like I was like this is the perfect time to start uh buying ads mm -hmm. and I was like I don't want to be an ad. <laughs> right. So I, I didn't even take a picture, like a, a picture of me, like podcasting or anything. I took a picture of me doing like my candles and stuff too. So mm -hmm. like you'll see this girl that's sitting at a pop-up with all these herbal products. And then you see a link to a metal podcast and you're like, <laughs> uh, 
so I'm like I'm trying to run two things at once and like my candles I really want like I want to make something besides like talking to people I love like talking to people but I like I like to make things too right. and having like um advertising <laughs> candles <laughs> um that one's a sleepy time so I've created candles that I would use um and you do the same with TikTok. I mean, not TikTok. <laughs> tattoos. Mm-hmm. Tattoos. Um, you will create something and put it on someone's skin. And that, like, that's pretty cool. That person's going to have your artwork forever. Unless they, like, you know, take one off the internet, you know? And that's but, majority, that's majority yeah. of what people get. 95% of my job is doing the same Pinterest tattoos over and over. Every once in a while, somebody gets something out of my flashbook or something I can't create it. And it's that's pretty awesome. It's pretty cool. It's still a very surreal thing to me, even though I've been doing it for 10 years now that I'm like, oh, yeah, that's on them forever. I did that. Like, I'm just like, huh. It's cool. It's, you know, but I mean, it's it's a very cool thing. Like you said, you know, you want to be known for more than just podcasts. You're creating something and doing it. I create music and tattoos. You're creating candles. We all have something to contribute to leave a legacy, yes. you know, more. And that's why I don't understand, like, why. I don't want to say normal people, but so many people are just, they don't like put themselves out there and try to do something. They're like, well, I'm scared to do this. So like, well, why? Because what, what's the worst you could fail? That's, you know, when I got to offer the tattoo, I took a, a good week, thought about it. And I was like, well, you know, worst thing I can do is fail. And it turns out I was like, okay, cool. I'm decent at this. You know, I, I got to work for it. I still work for it to this day, getting better at everything. But like, you know, it's better than working some meaningless job where I, you know, go home hating myself and everything like literally. that. At least, you know, at least it gives me freedom. I mean, I can literally pick up today and go to any country in the world because every country has tattooing. So you learned a trait that is honestly more people our age. Um, I'm like 20, like 27. So like more people in our age group try to get more ink on their body they're they're trying to be more um alternative and i think that's great but then you have like the next generation that has like no idea the blood sweat and tears (laughs) that we face to be who we want to be yeah now it's a trend and i'm like Well, it's also not so much as the younger people, too. Like, there's a good demographic of older people that are coming out. I have one client that's 78 years old. He started when he was, like, 68 getting tattoos. So, I mean, there's a it's a good mix of it and everything. Because, you know, a lot of the old negative connotation is starting to die off. Like, because it was a lot of that older generation that kept, yeah. like, oh, tattoos are this and that. So, but there is also the influx of the younger people that are now coming in and they're like, oh, well, hey, I want to get a face tattoo. I've literally had people come in for the first tattoo and want a face tattoo. I'm like, nah, man, like, you know, no. I still keep that old school mentality, <laughs> you know. I waited till I was like 30 something to get my hands done and stuff. And like, it, yeah, it's part of it I was you- like thinking about it, too. I was like, maybe I should like maybe I should get my fingers done. But then I was like, but they're going to fade away. And I was like, who cares? You know, yeah. like. I'm gonna live hopefully hopefully I live to like 80 or 90 like just decked out with like flowers and stuff all over my body like why not you know I'm doing something I love and more people are doing things they love and that's important you know we are we are in the month of February of course parts over here um (laughs) but yeah more people should you know love themselves and treat themselves better and more positive and the fact that there are people out there that are willing to do that like is amazing there's a whole group of us just want to be positive and happy and follow our dreams. And that's amazing. And okay. I enjoyed talking to you about it. Um, your tattoos, like um, what's the, the name of your, your shop? 
uh, tattooed in the wild studio in Waynesboro, Virginia. You know, uh, we got four of us and our apprentice. Well, she's my apprentice and everything like that. So, you know, it's fun. It works. It gives me the freedom to go play music and stuff like that. So that's all that really matters. It's mm-hmm. at the end of the day, what I, you know, make money and play music and have fun. So um, when is Disease Earth popping up? Uh, where can people go see you perform live? Uh, so is it next week? Yeah, next week, February 9th, we are playing a, at the Golden Pony in Harrisburg. It's a benefit for Mac Rock, which is a, a big festival they do every year that has like bands from every genre. Um, all the proceeds raised from that go to Mac Rock. It's us, our friends Crowe, Infernal Gaze, and The Illusionist playing uh let me think march 10th we are playing at crayola again in harrisonburg which is a house venue that's been there for over 20 years i remember going to shows there when i was like 20 mm-hmm. it's crazy and then um april we're playing again in crayola um with our buddies betty gray uh the sound that ends creation and terror cell and that's all we got booked right now we got a couple of other offers in the pipe but just mostly waiting to see what schedules are like and everything like that we you know two of our members have families you know i I work a full-time career everybody else works and stuff so managing that life sometimes gets a little difficult but you know if anybody just follows us on social media you'll see every time we do something it gets posted so yeah stay on that so um so where exactly can we find you? you said um you have an instagram you have facebook mm-hmm. all of it is separate tiktok so yep. everyone follow everyone else uh on instagram and um facebook and all of them like is separate yep. tiktok so yep exactly all you gotta do is just search diseased earth yep. band will pop up you know other we're at all we're like I said we're on everything some of it we may not use as much as others, you know, but I try to update his stuff as much as possible and everything. And, you know, unless something drastically changes or I get somebody that I pay to do it, uh, we will never be on TikTok. Not going to happen. You will not never see me on. <laughs> you will you will um, not see me on there doing a d- dumb little dance. It's not going to happen. Um. So you had a song that came out in October, Tearing of, uh, no, Tearing the Heavens Asunder. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that mean to you? And um, is that the only song that uh, you guys plan on like putting out? So um, Tearing the Heavens Asunder was recorded at the same time as The Swamp Witch. Um, we released it first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tearing, the Hum- Tearing the Heavens Asunder is uh, about a, it's a song. It's about the emotion I had. Like it's just one of those days I missed my dad and I really just wish that I could like go and tear you know reality apart and bring him back and it's like that when that overwhelming emotion of like wanting somebody to be there and you can't have them and everything like that and that's just what that song is it's it was yeah we recorded did we record it no that was just the two songs yeah so like we typically try to record a couple songs at a time and then i said we dole them out but uh tearing the heavens asunder was the second to last song out of this series of singles we have three other songs yeah three other songs that have not been recorded yet that hopefully we will at some point but you know we'll have to see that's cool um i appreciate talking to you this has been a great um interview we talked about mental health and how important it is to be happy um i hope to see you soon at your next show um guys this is travis simmons from seeds earth 
Taylor from Tay's Green Life. And it's been a pleasure.